0: My name is Pastor Jay, honored to serve as executive pastor here. If you are a first-time guest, welcome. So glad that you're here. We know it is not by accident that you're here, but uh, God uh, and His plan uh, for your life. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Um, Our passion here at Southridge is to see people become fully devoted followers of Christ. This happens uh, when you discover and know God. Uh, when you grow and you find freedom, and then when you find your place of significant influence. That's what we're all about here at Southridge. Uh, Just so you know, um, our pastor, uh, lead pastor Troy, is on sabbatical right now, and we're excited for him to have a time of rest, refresh, refuel, and um, I'm I'm, I've been told by sources that that is happening. So that is so good for him. And so I encourage you to continue to pray for him. Uh, and in this season of refreshment uh, for Troy, so good. Um, it was weird, though, when we, Troy, uh, Corey, our family pastor, and myself went to a pastor's retreat last week, and it just didn't, it wasn't the same without Pastor Troy. But. We managed, um, and um, we know God's doing some good things there. So uh, today we're not just continuing uh, with our uh, series, Strong Foundations. We're actually launching our 21 Days of Prayer. We've been talking about that. Yeah, come on. Uh, we've been uh, <clears throat> talking about it the last couple weeks, and I want to just give you just a, kind of a summary, a breakdown of what this is all about, okay? Uh, So you see some boards up here where you'll be able to actually make a commitment today, just write down on a card so that with uh, some prayer requests and and what you're going to be doing, that'll be later in the service. uh, Beginning on hopefully Tuesday from 6 to 7 a.m., every morning we will have the church open for you to come and pray. We'll have worship music going, so we encourage you, uh, if you can, uh, to be a part of that. So we won't start that tomorrow, because of Ice McGetten, right? Uh, and so the, uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll delay that for at least a day. Uh, so we encourage you to 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 make a commitment here today, and we're going to talk about that here in a moment. We have resources for you to help with this commitment. Um, if you don't have one of these prayer guides, um, we've we've uh, we have these in our growth track, but. If, uh, um, if you haven't yet got one of these, you can get this at the info table. This is a great guide for you to just kind of walk through the 21 days. Uh, we have Bibles available, uh, so if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one at the info table uh, today. Um, And then we also have another resource um, on, if you have a smartphone, uh, you can go and download the Bible app, which if you don't have that, I encourage you to do so. It's a great um, resource. And so uh, we, um, and I say we, we actually have um, Pat Mertz in our church who has written 21 days of devotions for all of us to participate in and so that is so cool that we have somebody in our church that's that was that writing that and so um it's just pat right or was there somebody else maybe pat okay so so you know how to do this all right we're just going to have a quick there's a quick little video we're going to show right now so pay attention to this and how you can find this event on the bible app that you can participate in check it out Awesome. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So I encourage you to download that and participate. Uh, just a great way for us to do something together. That's what this is about, this 21 days of prayer that we together praying for this church, praying for uh, Sarpy County, for just impact, influence, for God to do some awesome things, but also for your life. Uh, for what's going on in, in your home, in your marriage, in your world, and what God wants to do in you. And, and we hope this will be an amazing season of growth for all of us, for this church. I encourage you to commit to that. And, and we're going to be talking about today, in part three of Strong Foundations, a lasting commitment. A lasting commitment is what I want to talk to you about. We're going to look at our key verse, Proverbs ten twenty five. Um, Great, uh, great verse here, "When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation, a lasting foundation. Whether we have uh, ice or not that comes, it will not last, right? thankfully, okay? Um, and, and and so uh, when I was thinking about that and, and thinking about probably tonight and tomorrow that will be, I had the kids all piling up wood up onto the deck. So just in case we need to burn the fireplace for a long time, we're ready, right? And uh, we have blankets too. I want to show you one of these blankets. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, this, this blanket uh, has been uh, in my wife's family for uh, a few different generations, This her great-grandmother made this blanket. And this was one of those blankets that this will really keep you warm, okay? Really keep you warm. Um, and so her great-grandmother spent, I know, a lot of time and a lot of love. Anybody have a blanket like this at home that's been, yeah, you're like, never going to Goodwill, right? Never. This is, you know, and, and what's cool is it's not just that this blanket has, has lasted uh, this long and, and still a great blanket uh, and quilt, um, but that there's this connection to it. There's a connection that my wife has to this and, you know, a few other quilts that she has from her grandmother. There's a connection because of the time, the love that was spent in making this. Um, thank you. I'll set that right um, and when I was thinking about that, I think that's what God wants f- for us, is he wants to make a lasting connection with you, not just for 21 days. He doesn't want to just be connected 21 days with you, but this will be a start of a lasting connection, a deeper connection with you. Just a a thought that um, I want to share with you about prayer, Just, just with this idea is this. Prayer is an opportunity to knit together our human heart into the fabrics of God's heart. It is an opportunity to knit our human heart into the fabrics of God's heart. That's what he's inviting you to do. That's what we are inviting you to participate in with 21 days of prayer. Um, you know, I, in my time in ministry, I've spent time at, at hospitals and in And and with families grieving, uh, you know, in situations that are critical points in people's lives, I've never once come across someone that said, you know, whether at the end of their life or at a critical time in their life, I really, really wish I wouldn't have spent so much time in my life praying and talking to God. Never had that happen. Never had that happen. Because there's this great connection that happens with our eternal God, the God who loves us. When we talk with him, that's what prayer is talking to God. He wants to have a conversation with us, but more than anything, so that you would have a lasting commitment and a deeper connection to to God, I invite you to participate in this. So, what I want to talk to you about is how we can make this a lasting commitment. Okay, I'm sure each and every one of us have made commitments that didn't last, right? Okay, The 21 days, obviously, if you haven't heard, that's, that's the amount of time it takes to kind of form a habit. And so that's what we want to encourage with you, for you in this time. All of us, though, have been down that path where we start something and we didn't quite finish it. I want to just encourage you today and really sense that when I was preparing this, and I, there was, there's so many great passages on prayer, but I kept coming back to this one, feeling like God wants to encourage us so that this would be a commitment that lasts. So to, pre- to prepare you for a stronger commitment to prayer, I want to walk you through a story that you may have heard before. Okay, And this is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel uh, was a man who was uh, a captive. He was actually taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. Um, and when Babylon c- conquered uh, Jerusalem, they took some people, uh, took uh, many Jews, and actually took them to Babylon. And some of those, they actually identified as leaders, as people who were skilled, uh, wise, and they they had Daniel and his three friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right. These guys, they said, these guys, we really want them to be in a place of influence. There's something unique and something special about these guys. They're very devoted to their God. And so, God began to use Daniel and his friends for great influence. Um, I love this phrase, um, and I underlined this in my Bible. It says about Daniel, he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Wow, what a description of someone's life. Faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Because of his great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. As far as administratively, the king had great plans. Um, And with this, with these great plans, he also formed great enemies. Enemies that said, this Daniel guy, we don't like him. We don't want him to have this place of influence. So we need to figure out how can we attack Daniel? How can we... Make sure that this guy doesn't get this place of influence. How can we make sure that this guy is actually removed, removed completely? And so the enemies came up with this plan. They talked to the king uh, in Babylon, and they said, Hey, what we think needs to happen, king, because you're so awesome, we think everybody should just worship you. And knowing that Daniel had a great commitment to God and a connection to God, always reading the scriptures, always consistently spending time talking to God, they convinced the king, kind of tricked him, because they, uh, they also re- recognized that the king really liked Daniel, enjoyed having Daniel around, wanted him to have not just a place of influence, but wanted him there. And so they said, hey, let's, let's enact this law that says for 30 days, people can only pray to you, king, no one else. And if they are caught praying to anybody else, they have to be thrown into this den of lions, okay? So this is where we're going to pick up this this story. In verse 10 of chapter 6, I encourage you to read this whole story uh, when you have time and when you're praying, okay, during this time. Uh, it's a great chapter here, but we're going to pick up at verse 10. It says, when Daniel learned uh, that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Love that, that phrase, just as he had always done. In response to this threat, okay, this, this reality that if he continues to pray, like he's always done, he could be thrown into a den alliance, this reality in his mind. And yet he continued to pray to God because of his connection with him. The key, and I'm just going to walk through this story, and I'm going I'm to just share some observations that I think are important for us to understand and will be encouragement to us in this commitment that we're making today in the 21 days of prayer Uh, fasting and prayer. The key to Daniel's faithfulness was never falling for excuses. Uh, In Daniel chapter 1, we actually see that uh, Daniel is asked to eat certain foods that he doesn't eat. And Daniel says, hey, I would like permission to just eat the vegetables and the other things that I eat and not these forbidden meats. I don't need to eat those things. I've dedicated myself to God. And so he actually has this season of, he proves to them, hey, not only was he stronger and healthier, he was stronger and healthier than all the other guys, okay? So early on in the book of Daniel, we see his commitment is tested. And he could have had an excuse and say, well, I'm required to eat like all these other guys. But he didn't fall for that excuse. Here he has a new set of excuses, okay? An excuse not to pray, okay? If, he was, if I was mapping out my excuses for Daniel, his excuses were, I like having two arms and two legs. I don't want to be eaten by a lion, okay? Some really legitimate excuses. I could stop praying for 30 days because I don't want to get eaten, okay? I like going to the zoo, but I don't want to be part of the exhibit, okay? So he has all these excuses he could have came up with just on the fact that I don't want to be going into a den of lions, But he continues to pray. He doesn't fall for the excuses. Today, we're encouraging you to make this commitment a commitment that will last, that will become a connection with you and God. We are all good at excuses, we all have excuses that we make. For 21 days of prayer, the excuses will come. They will come. You'll be too tired, you'll be too busy things will come up, the urgent things. You might get sick. You might begin to think, hey, I think I should wait till February because January seems a little crazy. You might think, there's an ice storm coming. I should wait. The news is telling me that this is going to be the biggest storm of all time. I should wait, right? They've said this before, by the way, so we'll see. But We can all come up with excuses, but I want to encourage you, don't fall for the excuses. Commit to making this connection with God. If we continue just the next few verses, in response to Daniel's commitment, this is what we find out. Then the officials, these are his enemies, went together to Daniel's house, and they found him praying. They found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human? I'm waiting. Except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. Didn't you pray this prayer? And the king scrambles a little bit, okay? but he realizes there's nothing he can do. This thing's been signed. It's been sealed. This is the law. It cannot be changed. You know, when I was, when I was reading this, this particular passage, just this scene, they found him. Where they found him, they found him praying. They found him on his knees praying. I had this image that kind of came into my mind of <clears throat> uh, growing up, uh, uh, I was introduced, and, and Pastor Troy and I have tried to share with younger staff members uh, what uh, Christian music was like in the 1980s and 1990s. Okay, a few of you are laughing. And uh, there, there's, uh, you know, now you can listen to two different Christian radio stations, and there's some great music, you know. And it was kind of slim pickings in the 1980s, but there was some rock bands. And one of those rock bands that both Troy and I like uh, is Petra. And Petra. There's some Petra, there's more Petra fans in this service than the last service. Okay. You can go on iTunes and listen to Petra if you're wondering what's this all about. But a um, guy that could just scream. I mean, the, the lead singer, right? But one of their album covers that just kind of came into my mind when I was reading this is... Uh, It's a man who's kneeling and praying, and it it says, this means war. And uh, one of the songs was, get on your knees and fight like a man. And I remember listening to that as a kid and being introduced into this idea that with prayer, you're stepping onto a battlefield. When you begin to pray for your family, when you begin to pray for your marriage, when you begin to pray for the future and the plans that God has for you, when you begin to make this connection with God, there are enemies. You have one enemy in particular, the devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your family, your marriage, and when that connection, you start making this connection like never before maybe, in this 21 days, the enemy will try everything, everything to get you off of that commitment. See, what Daniel realized was not only is he stepping onto a battlefield, but he realized this. His, Daniel's devotion to prayer didn't guarantee his life would be carefree. He knew just because he was going to pray, even though there was a risk, it wasn't like, I'm going to pray and everything's going to be okay. I, I'm going to have this super awesome, like protective bubble around me and no one can ever get me. One of the things that I want to just help you understand is as you're stepping into this, maybe for the first time, maybe making this commitment is to understand it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but you're not alone. You're not alone. Just to illustrate this, just a little bit more today. Um, there's a couple of football games on today. I'm sure some Chiefs fans, and I see—I think I see a Steelers jersey out there. So, um, so you know, when I was thinking about the NFL, and you have guys that get injured and they're questionable, they're wondering—you know—he's been out for a couple of weeks, had a leg injury or a shoulder injury or whatever, and they're coming off injury, and when they come into the game. Or when they finally say, hey, he's going to start today. He's been injured for five weeks. What do you think the other team is thinking when that guy gets out onto the field? Let's take it easy on this guy, right? I mean, he's, he's been mended. He's been in the hospital for a little while. He's been on the training table for about three weeks. We don't want to hit him too hard, right? No. The defense is like licking their chops. Like, I can't wait to get that guy. We're going to see if we can. Let's see if he's really healed, right? Let's hit this guy really hard your enemy. Satan is thinking the same way. When you step onto the battlefield and begin praying, he's thinking, let's see if I can hit them really hard in this first week as they start praying. And see if I can make them stop with that connection with God. It won't be easy, but you're not alone. You're not alone on this battlefield. God will help you. He will strengthen you if you just continue." And continue to press on, just like Daniel. So as we continue to read this story, let's see what happens next. Uh, Starting with verse 16, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. It says, So at at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. That word, what kind of jumped out to me about this is that the king had such an amazing friendship with Daniel uh, it, the verses before talk about how he was so troubled. He tried to find any way he could to not throw him in the lion's den, but realized, I can't. I can't go against this law. They tricked me into making this law, so I have to put him in the den of lions. But that night, he fasted. He fasted. He actually uh, said to his usual entertainment, and in, in antiquity, kings would have entertainment to help them fall asleep okay to help them settle down for the night all right and so he's saying i'm i can't i'm not going to have my entertainment i'm not going to eat so he fasted now when we talk about fasting and we've been talking about 21 days of fasting and prayer When you think about that word fasting, for some of you, maybe you've done that and done that successfully, and you're like, okay, I'm ready for a fast. For others, you're like, wow, eh, I don't know about fasting, okay? Uh, It it can be kind of a a challenge. I remember it was a challenge for me about eight or nine years ago, my wife and I went for a, a... uh, a life insurance like exam, okay? You done anything like that where you go and you get your blood taken and all that kind of stuff and go in for an exam. And I hadn't done it before and I'd gotten a reminder on my phone, got one of those messages, "Hey, just confirming your appointment." And uh I got the date and the time and then I was just like, "Okay, great." And I deleted the message. Well, there's another part of that about fasting uh that I didn't get, okay? So I'm sitting at the office waiting for my wife to arrive or having this appointment together. And and my wife arrives. She walks in. She says, what are you doing? I'm like, what? What's wrong? And in my hands was a Burger King sack with fries, and I'm finishing off my Whopper, and I've got my Coke, and, and she's like, what are you doing? You were supposed to fast. I was like, oh, I, I didn't get that part of the message, and so I just finished my, my meal and went in for my blood test to find out how great my blood pressure and everything was, which was all normal, so I guess eating Burger King before one of those tests will give you a normal uh, result, but... <clears throat> Sometimes when we think about fasting, though, uh, we think about, man, I don't know if I can, how, how am I going to do without these things? And why am I doing it? Do I do it to, to prove to God that, you know, I, I'm a good, good follower of Christ because I fasted and I went without these things? And there's a lot of different things about fasting in our minds. But what I think is so interesting about this scene, about the king and fasting, is something that we can learn from. See, as the king was fasting for Daniel's deliverance, he found his own freedom. Even for just a night, And I, you know, we can't, we don't know what happened after this with the king. But for that night, he went without this entertainment. He went without this entertainment that probably wasn't very good. Okay, let's just say that. For a night, he was free from that. You see, fasting is an invitation for freedom. It's not self-punishment. It's not about a diet. It's not a way to prove that you love God more than someone else. Fasting is a way to experience the freedom to make time for God and experience, you might just experience deliverance from something along the way. You may fast from things that, you know, whether it's the way you're spending your time If you decide to fast media, and let's look at uh, a few of these things. This is on our website, okay, on the 21 days of fasting and prayer. You click on that, and you'll find a little link uh, if you want to know what to fast. A complete fast is, you know, drinking only liquids or a juice fast, something like that. Uh, I encourage you, if this is a first time that you're fasting, not to start here. This is this is probably more advanced. But then the selective fast is this, and partial fast, media fast. Those are the things that are good places to start. Um, removing certain elements from your diet like a Daniel fast uh, you can google that and you can find lots of information on that there's books on that fasting from sweets caffeine partial fast you might ha- have like a six to a three three pm or or a sunup to sundown fast uh, you know you could actually fast your lunch things like that but also a media fast if maybe you're not able to um, you know physically to do uh, you know a food fast you could do a media fast it's amazing how much time we spend on phones and devices and social media and things like that if you were to take that and shove it out of your life for 21 days and say god in that space I want to co- have conversations and connections with you I want to meet with you during this time you will begin to experience not only this incredible connection but Some freedom from some stuff that you might think, I don't know if I want to invite this stuff back in, in 21 days. So an invitation there for freedom. Let's continue in verses 19 through 22. We're just kind of continuing this story. A night, after a night in the lion's den, okay, the king could not sleep. So early in the next morning, he got up and he hurried to the lion's den When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions. Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty." Um, just uh, yesterday I believe it was I was looking at this chapter one more time in my journaling Bible which I did a study earlier in the last year on the book of Daniel and I had made a note next to this I wanted to share with you this scene of the king getting up and he's hurrying out and he gets the guys to push away the stone and yells down saying Daniel are you there? And I had this thought as I was studying the, uh, this, this uh, chapter, and I wrote it down. And then it was kind of a reflection and a challenge to me. And I wrote, if I were gone, if I were gone from my neighborhood, if I were gone, and the people in my life that don't know Christ, would they miss me? Would they miss me? And it's such a challenge, even to, you know, now when I'm thinking about it and I was reading it, I was like, wow. This king was so hoping that Daniel was still alive. I think that's something we could pray for, that we could have that kind of influence around the people in our lives, that they would say, I don't want you to leave this workplace, I don't want you to move from this neighborhood. I so value your influence and what God is doing in your life. But see, Daniel's prayer life and his prayers, his desperate prayers, interrupted heaven. And as a result, God responded to Daniel's prayers on earth by sending help from heaven. I know in this room, there are many desperate prayers desperate prayers. Some of those prayers heaven is waiting to hear. God is waiting for you to interrupt heaven, to call out to him. You find yourself in a den of lions. You find yourself in the midst of depression, in a fight for your marriage. God wants you to interrupt heaven. He wants to help. He wants to send help from heaven for what you're going through, what's going on in your life. Maybe it's how 2017 has not gotten off to a very good start. Or maybe the fact that 2017 is just as bad or even worse than 2016. God wants you to interrupt heaven and he will send his help. As cool as this scene is, as Daniel is rescued in this, what a great picture, right? What a great picture. The angels shutting, I mean, Daniel saw this. Angels shutting the mouths of the lions. How cool is that? Help from heaven. And as cool as that scene is, there's a couple more verses that I felt we had to look at. And it's the end of this chapter, and it's the response of the king, okay? The king says this, after all this has transpired, he decrees that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. And he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel's prayers paved the way for unforgettable praise. Here's the deal. Prayer changes things. We are inviting you, encouraging you for 21 days of prayer, a lasting commitment, a commitment that will lead to a connection so that God can change things in your life, but he can change your heart. What's so interesting is, is this story begins with this decree from the king saying, for 30 days, you can only pray to this earthly king, no one else. (laughs) And then afterwards, after Daniel is delivered, this miracle that happens, the king who once decreed, you can't pray to this God of Daniel's decrees. He is the living God. He is the living God who rescued Daniel that everyone in this kingdom should tremble in fear before this God. He's real. There are people in your life that don't know God. They've not found freedom. God can change that as you are praying, as you are praying for those people in your life, as you are praying for the for the uh, son or the daughter that you are crying about each night. After the first service, there was somebody that had a hard time talking to me after the service because she was crying and she told me, I'm crying for my son. Please pray for him. You have people in your lives, you have things going on in your life and God knows about those things. And he wants to change them. And we're inviting you, encouraging you, that starting today, would you begin interrupting heaven, believing that he will send you help. What needs to change in your life? What needs to change in your life? Now, how can we practice the pattern of Daniel? How can we practice the pattern of Daniel? It's so cool to see this as he's always done. He's praying three times a day. Daniel prays like we eat three times a day. How can we practice this pattern, okay? I want to just give you a few helpful steps here as uh, you're starting this journey of 21 days of prayer. First, pick a distraction-free place says, Daniel went home and knelt down, as usual, in his upstairs room. Uh, a few years back, uh, when I was a lead pastor at New Creation Church, I, I talked to uh, people about finding your chair, finding your place in your home. Uh, it might be in your car, okay? A distraction-free place that you can just sit, spend time in God's Word, and then pray and talk to God. For some of you, if you're like a stay-at-home mom, you may need to find a a closet, okay, right? You may find a hiding place, right? Put some movie on and leave some Cheetos out and just go find a place to just, right? I know we have some stay-at-home moms and you do some awesome work, so you need to find that place. But wherever it is, a distraction-free place that you could just sit a chair that's just you. This is my spot for me and God. So pick a distraction-free place. The second thing is, is to pray with purpose. Um, It says that he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. Daniel, uh, I want to give you just kind of some easy steps on how you can pray. If maybe you're wondering, how do I actually talk to God? What do I say other than, God, here's this big mess. Can you please clean it up? Right? Right? Because he want, what this is, is that this is an invitation for a lasting commitment and a lasting ch, uh, um, connection that he wants to make with you. He wants to have a relationship with you, not that you would just give him a list. Right? So I want to just walk you through just kind of a way to do that. And you have there in your handout acts. Okay? You can fill in these blanks, and I'm going to talk about them. The first thing, the first step, is to set the tone of your conversation with God with adoration. Now, to adore God, I adore you, God, is to share how much you love him for who he is and not just for what you want him to do for you. God, I love you for who you are. The eternal God, you created me. You sent your son to die for me. You are a loving God. You are a gracious God. I love you for who you are. As we are uh, as I wrap up here in just a few minutes, we are going to worship in songs together. And these lyrics, many of them very scriptural, kind of right out of the book of Psalms. Some of these lyrics that you love, you're like, I love this song. That can be the start of your, your prayer. A lyric from one of these, basically what I'm saying is, don't let worship just be Here in your prayer life, that you would spend time just worshiping God before anything else. When we do our staff prayer, uh, 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 Pastor Troy, you know, really sets it an example for all of us, for all the staff. As we start our day at 8.30 a.m., we're praying together. And um, I, I sometimes listen in and I'm hearing him at the beginning of the prayer. He's worshiping God before he starts praying for all of you, he's worshiping God. So worship him. Adore him. The second part is confession. Confession. Take time to be honest with God. Okay? We're not perfect. That's why God sent his son to die for us. We've made mistakes. Maybe you had one of those days, one of those weeks. You're like, man, I messed up. Oh, what I said to that person! Oh, how I tre- how I yelled at my kid! Oh, how I just be honest and open your heart to God and say, God, this you you know all this stuff. But first, can I just say I'm sorry? Confession, just being open and honest with God about where you're at. And if you're wondering, is there examples of that? Yeah, the Book of Psalms, chapter one through chapter 150. Okay. And about half of those are this guy named David, who, amazing man of God, who had all kinds of junk and all kinds of emotions, and he pours them out for all of us to read, and if you need some words, you can use his, okay? So I want to encourage you with that. The, second, the third thing is thanksgiving. What do you have to be thankful for? What can you just spend some time saying, God, thanks, thank you. Thank you for providing for me. It was so cool when I was um, putting this together. This week, um, um, you know, Pastor Troy loves to build motorcycles. I'm not that handy, so I just build my family tree. That's what I work on, okay? He works on motorcycles. I work on my family tree, and so um, I have like over 4,000 names in my family tree now, so I've built it way, way out. And I'm making connections on Ancestry with, with family members. And I've connected with a cousin in, in California. And uh, she surprised me this week. She said, "She said you've really got me excited again. And I want to send you some stuff that I have. Um, and this is in the Gibbs family line. Um, my, my grandmother Newland, her maiden name was Gibbs. And so um, uh, many of the kids, many of uh Those who came over in the mid 1800s fought in the Civil War, and so my great 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 uncle, Isaac Gibbs, she says I have those letters that he wrote his wife when he was serving in the Civil War. She said I'm going to scan them all, I'm going to send them to you. I was like, wow, that's awesome. So we have a copy of one of those letters, and I was, and they came through this week as I was working on this message. I looked at a few of them, and it was so cool. And I think we have a picture of one of those letters right now, Um, and. And it's really hard to read, so thankfully she had transcribed them all too. So. Um, but the first line of every letter had thanks to God. In this letter, that I'm, I'm going to read just the first line to you. What's really cool is he's writing to his wife to let her know what would happen if he gets killed in battle, how he has made sure that they would be taken care of. So with the reality of death, and he's at Camp Morris in Virginia. This is 1864 in the Civil War. He says, my dear wife, I take this opportunity to write these few lines to you, hoping they will find you and the kids all well as it leaves me at this time, for which I am thankful to God for his goodness to me. He starts out the letter that way. If you look at the latter part of the New Testament and all the, the letters, there's these little letters in the New Testament, like Philippians and First and Second Corinthians, just like every one of them, this man named Paul, sometimes writing from prison, is saying, first, I want to start out by thanking God for this, 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 and this. Being thankful, it's a great way to build this lasting connection with God. The last part is this, supplication. I couldn't find a one-word, S-word better than supplication, so I apologize. But this word is basically offering your requests before God, okay? The many things that you would love to see God change in the next 21 days. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, you'll see that in the further reading in your handout. Paul talks about presenting your requests before God. I encourage you, as you present your request before God, to include two words, okay? Two words that I I always have with my evening prayers with my kids. When I'm praying with my, my daughter, Haven, and my son, Jackson, I'm praying for protection over them. I'm praying for my daughter not to get up 10 times to go to the bathroom and bug us and, you know... It's a hostage negotiation with my daughter, getting her to go to sleep. It really is. And, and when I pray protection over my kids, I pray, God in heaven, would you put your hands of protection over Haven? Would you guard her with your angels so that she would change the world, so that she would be a light shining in the darkness so that she would share the love and the hope of Jesus Christ with others. See, you, each and every one of us have personal prayers, things that we want to see God change, miracles, right? And many of them are very personal, and that's great, but I encourage you, the so that makes it from being just personal to kingdom-minded What does God want to do through the hurts and the pains and the things that you want to see God change in the next 21 days and beyond? So that, so that. So I want to encourage you with that as you're offering up the request. The last thing is to point your prayers towards his promises. Point your prayers towards his promises. Daniel was praying with its windows open toward Jerusalem opened his windows towards Jerusalem. He wasn't showing off his prayers. He wasn't saying to his enemies, go ahead, make my day, come get me, throw me in the lion's den. He wasn't doing that. In fact, Daniel was praying towards Jerusalem because he was living in exile. He was praying in the direction of his hope. The promises, the same promises that Jonah in chapter 2, you'll find that Jonah had a prayer and he prayed and mentioned God's holy temple even more though daniel was remembering the promises of restoration he had a copy we know in daniel 9 it says daniel had a copy of jeremiah that book i wonder if if daniel was resting on the promise found in 327 in jeremiah nothing is too hard for god what scripture do you need to point to what promise about God, that nothing's impossible for him. Maybe it's in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Jesus says, I will never leave you. I will be with you always until the very end. I encourage you to find a promise that you could point to through these 21 days of prayer. I want to especially just key in on nothing is too hard for God. For some reason, just as I'm speaking, I'm just really getting a sense that some of you have things in your life and you're wondering and you're doubting, will it ever change? Will this 21 days make a difference? The depression that you're experiencing, the hurt that you've carried for too long, the marriage that you're wondering, will it ever get better? Nothing is too hard for God. Would you interrupt heaven for 21 days and find out how he would change you? Change your heart, not just your surroundings. A lasting commitment so that we could have a lasting connection. I wanted to just close with just uh, just another kind of thought that I had and as I was reading and studying and thinking about this connection and how God wants to make a connection with you not just for 21 days when my when my son was a was just a baby my son is was a cuddler he still is he still likes to cuddle right and uh, I remember when I would rock him to sleep I would... I would sing these songs that I would make up. Anybody like to sing songs to your kids and make them up as you go along? Yeah. I would, use, I would use the Kansas Jayhawk fight song tune and sing. I'm not kidding. That's what I do. And I would, just, I would just put in my own words of affection and love and care for him. And as I sang, my son would pull close to me. And here's the deal this 21 days of prayer it's not just an event it's not just something that we want you to to do so that you can put you know a gold star in your bible to say I, could, I did it but that you would pull close to your heavenly father and you'd have a lasting connection with him he so desires and so wants that for each and every one of you not just for 21 days, but you'd have this conversation that just doesn't end. That's what he wants. That's what we invite you to, a lasting connection and a deeper relationship with God. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you love us, that you wanna talk with us. You wanna have this connection with us. You want for the next 21 days to start something new in our lives. You do want to change things. Most of all, you want to change our heart. I just really sense that here today, you're here and you're saying, prayer changes things. But can God change this? some of you are desperate to see something change in your life and maybe just maybe this morning you need to start with inviting Christ into your life to change you maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time you need to invite Jesus to be the savior of your life invite him to be the the leader of your life It's a simple and yet significant prayer and you can join with me in this prayer right now. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. Forgive me. My life is a mess. You rose again and you defeated death. I invite you to be the leader of my life. Come into my heart and change me forever. I want a lasting connection with you. If you've made that prayer, you join with me for the first time or the first time in a long time, I I encourage you to just own it at this moment and just raise up your hand and say, that was me. I prayed with you. Yes, 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 yes. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Jay, I have desperate prayers that I'm going to start sending to heaven. I'm in a desperate situation. Would you pray for me right now? You are desperate right now for something to change. You need something to start changing today. For your marriage, my heart is heavy for somebody's marriage here this morning. For a habit that you can't seem to break and you're not gonna be able to break it on your own, you need God's help. Right now, if you're saying, I'm desperate for change, that's me. Just raise up your hand and say, pray with me. Just pray with me, Pastor Jay. Yes, 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 yes. God, you see these hands and you know these hearts. I pray in the name of Jesus that change would begin today. That you would begin a new work, a new thing in their life. I thank you, God, in advance for the work that you're going to do in us, in this church. We look forward, God, to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name.